Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, Having Fun with Elvis on Stage from 1974. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. You Are My Sunshine is a song first made famous in 1940 by country singer Jimmy Davis. Jimmy Davis has been inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame, the Louisiana Music Hall of Fame, and the Southern Gospel Music Association Hall of Fame. He also appeared in several movies throughout the 1940s, and even went on to become the governor of Louisiana on two separate occasions, once in the 1940s and again in the 1960s. But it was during that first campaign that he did something else noteworthy. He gave a then 39-year-old Tom Parker the honorary title of colonel for his help with his campaign. Tom Parker was not actually a colonel. His name wasn't even actually Tom Parker and he wasn't even a legal U.S. citizen. Colonel Tom Parker was actually Andreas Cornelius Van Kujik from the Netherlands. I don't know if I said that right, but I'm trying. As a teenager, he worked on boats in the port town of Rotterdam. After saving up some money, he jumped ship for America. And there may have been a reason for it. In Alana Nash's biography, The Colonel, she wrote that Parker may have been a suspect or at least a person of interest in a murder case. Though he wasn't a colonel or U.S. citizen, he somehow managed to enlist in the U.S. Army. He served for two years at Hawaii's Fort Shafter. When his tour ended in 1931, he re-enlisted but went AWOL in 1932 and was charged with desertion. He was punished with solitary confinement, where he had a psychotic breakdown that led to him spending two months in a mental hospital, and he was later discharged from the Army. After his time in the Army... He took jobs in food concessions, carnivals, and eventually as a music promoter. At all of these jobs, he reportedly found ways to save money and or con people out of it. Well, now that's all right, no mama. That's all right for you. That's all right, no mama. Any way you do, but that's all right. That's all right. That's All Right was originally written and performed by Arthur Big Boy Crudup. He recorded the song in Chicago on September 6th. Hey, that's my birthday. September 6th, 1946. Some of its lyrics are traditional blues verses recorded first in 1926 by Blind Lemon Jefferson. Crudup's version was released as a single on RCA Victor in 1947. And then the song was re-released in 1949 under the title That's All Right Mama which was reissued as RCA's first rhythm and blues record on their new 45 RPM single format. On one July evening in 1954, That's All Right Mama was given a new life in Memphis, Tennessee.
During a somewhat uneventful recording session at Sun Studio, guitarist Scotty Moore, bassist Bill Black, and a 20-year-old Elvis Presley were taking a break between recordings when Presley started fooling around with an up-tempo version of That's Alright Mama. Black and Moore started playing along with him, and liking the upbeat atmosphere, producer Sam Phillips asked the three of them to start it over so he could record it. This wasn't Presley's first time at Sun Studio. He first checked into the offices of Sun Records in August of 1953. He wanted to pay for a few minutes of studio time to record a two-sided acetate disc. He would record the songs My Happiness, and That's Where Your Heartaches Begin. They were to be a gift for his mother. After the session, Sun Records boss Sam Phillips asked his receptionist to make a note of the young man's name. And this led to three more recording sessions for Presley at Sun. But after That's Alright... Sam Phillips knew he had something. Phillips gave copies of That's Alright to local disc jockeys. Only two nights after making the record, Dewey Phillips of WHBQ played That's Alright on his popular radio show Red Hot and Blue. Listeners began calling in to find out who the singer was. Phillips ended up playing the song multiple times during the remainder of the show. Just over a month later, That's Alright was officially released as a single on Sun Records. In 1955, Elvis's manager was Memphis radio personality Bob Neal. Neal worked with Colonel Tom Parker to promote Elvis, booking him to tour with Hank Snow, who Parker was already working with. The following is Colonel Tom Parker from HBO's The Searcher documentary. I saw the reaction this boy received from the people, so I started booking him on some of my shows, and I knew I could help him to exploit his talents all over the world. Parker ended up taking over more and more dealings with Elvis, eventually pushing Moore out of the picture. By the summer of 1955, he'd become Elvis's special advisor. Elvis was still a minor at this point, and his parents had to sign the contract with Parker on his behalf. The colonel's plan now was to get Elvis on a bigger label to propel him even further. He'd dealt with RCA Victor through working with Hank Snow, and by November, with the help of Snow, Parker convinced RCA to buy out Elvis's contract from Sun for $40,000. Well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down at the end of Lonely Street, that heartbreak hotel where I'll be. I'll be just a lonely baby. Well, I'm so lonely. I'll be just a lonely. I could die. Heartbreak Hotel would be Elvis's first RCA Victor single in 1956. It went to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and stayed there for seven weeks. The Colonel arranged for Presley to appear on shows like The Milton Berle Show and The Ed Sullivan Show, and it made him the highest-paid star on television. By the summer, Elvis Presley was a gigantic star. Elvis Presley's self-titled debut was released on March 23, 1956, and it became RCA's first million-dollar earning debut album. But that wasn't enough. Parker was also working to make Elvis a movie star. After a screen test with Paramount Pictures... Elvis signed a seven-picture deal. Elvis's acting career had been intended to be a serious one, but after the colonel saw a chance to cross-promote singles and albums with those films, he persuaded him to sing in the movies. Here's Colonel Tom Parker on ABC's Nightline in 1987. You've got critics, you know that. You have them. Even, even oh. Elvis has critics. Your critics say that you held him back, that he could have been much more of an actor, for yeah. example, than he ultimately, you know, was given a chance to be. Well, because you put the, him in those kind of, uh, you know, uh, beach bikini, jailhouse rock type yeah. movies. Well, 
if whoever said that, that's fine. They can say what they want to. If I was them, if they know so much, they ought to go into management business. Well, you tell me about it. I mean, was he perfectly content? I mean, he was it a matter of his knowing his own level, knowing his own limitations, or was it just well, that? Well, I, I didn't know what he knew all of it, but he knew that he could do whatever he wanted to, and nobody told Elvis Presley what to do because he was a very strong person, and we had a great relationship. But I took care of mine, he took care of his, and he didn't let anybody tell him what to do. Despite the success they had together, people have called Colonel Tom Parker a master manipulator and a con man. But there's also evidence of poor management over the years. For example, the colonel never registered Elvis's songs with BMI, earning him no royalties on many of them. And because the colonel was not a U.S. citizen, it's believed that's why Elvis never toured internationally. According to Biography.com, in 1968, a journalist asked Parker, is it true that you take 50% of everything Elvis earns? Parker's response was, that's not true at all. He takes 50% of everything I earn. In 1973, the colonel arranged an agreement for RCA to buy out the rights to 700 Elvis Presley songs. The result of that deal? Over a seven-year period, the colonel got $6.2 million. Elvis received $4.6 million. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One of the most ridiculous ploys for more money that Colonel Tom Parker ever came up with happened in 1974. He created a new label, Boxcar Records. Because of Elvis's deal with RCA, Boxcar could not release a normal Elvis record with music. So what was the plan? Release an album of live clips of Elvis on stage. Talking. Just talking. Parker thought that since the record wouldn't consist of content that contractually belonged to RCA Records, he would theoretically be able to retain all the profits. So, in 1974, Having Fun with Elvis on Stage was released on Boxcar Records. I would like to imitate the Elvis Presley. The record was initially just sold at Elvis concerts, and I'll be honest, this is a tricky one to say a whole lot about. There aren't even tracks, there's just a side A and a side B. Colonel Parker had compiled clips of Elvis's live recordings between 1969 to 1972, with the songs taken out. Again, just talking. It's often Elvis making jokes, but without any context. The clips are also just random audio edited together one right into another. There's no fades or anything. For example, this is how the album starts. Take a listen. Here we go again, man. It's like my horse just left. 
can do it. Come on. Mm-hmm. That's it. It just tapers off to nothing. Mm-hmm. Before the evening is over, I will have made a complete, total fool of myself. I hope you get a kick out of watching that. Uh, one of my first records that I made, I mean, I recorded back in 1927, I think it was. There's a moment on side one that actually contains a coherent story that lasts for more than a few seconds. In it, Elvis tells a story about how he got started. And then I, I met uh, Colonel Parker. <laughs> and... Uh, so they arranged to put me on television, and they, they put me on television. And somewhere in 1956 or something, and I, uh, I did four shows on a Jackie Gleason show, and I did uh, three or four shows on the Ed Sullivan show, and did the Steve Allen show. And they had me dressed in a tuxedo on the Steve Allen show, and stand perfectly still. I couldn't, couldn't move. I was standing like this. And had me singing to a dog, man. It was a dog here, you know. And I'm saying, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. And the dog's looking at me like, you know, what are you doing, calling me names or what? <laughs> you know, so. And they photographed me from here up and uh, so forth, you know. It was pretty hairy back then. Obviously, that Steve Allen performance isn't on the record, you know, since it includes a song. So uh, here's, here's a little bit of that performance. <laughs> The George Mayers in the background. Elvis, your new record hit, I, I predict it's going to be one because I've heard you rehearse it. You're going to record it tomorrow called Hound Dog. I got you a very cute little hound dog right here. And away you go. Who's that? Here it is. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Could cry all the time. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. The album even gives teases of things like this. I'd like to do a medley of some of my uh, biggest records for you. They were actually no bigger than the rest of them. They were all about the same size. But it sounds impressive. But then, of course, no medley. No music at all, in fact. Just right into another completely unrelated clip. Soon after this record became available at concerts, RCA claimed legal rights to the recordings and had it repackaged and marketed by RCA, with the only warning for the buyer being the subtitle, A Talking Album Only, on the back cover. Crazily, the album peaked at number 130 on the Billboard album chart, and it peaked at number 9 on the Billboard Hot Country LPs. It's been said that Elvis hated the album, and he asked for it to be withdrawn, which it eventually was. Are you from if I keep drinking water, folks, it's because it's, it's very dry up here, right? and you got to keep your... What? Again, it's hard to say too much about this album, since I can't go through the tracks. Side B is just more of the same, a uh, lot of out-of-context jokes, song introductions, and a lot of teasing of almost a song, with Elvis singing this a lot. Well, 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 well. Well, well, 
Seriously, this happens multiple times on the record. Having Fun with Elvis on stage has been called the worst album of Elvis Presley's career by some, and others have called it the worst rock and roll album of all time. Even though, uh, again, there's no actual rock and roll. Just talking. The album has never been released on CD, and it's not streaming anywhere, though bootlegs do exist, and there are even some fan-made follow-ups. Elvis Presley passed away three years after the release of this album. To this day, Elvis remains the best-selling solo artist of all time. As an album artist, Presley is credited by Billboard with the record for the most albums charting in the Billboard 200, with 129. The next closest artist is Frank Sinatra, with 82. He also holds the record for the most gold albums with 117, the most platinum albums with 67, and the most multi-platinum albums with 27. He's clearly one of the biggest artists of all time. He's been covered by countless artists, and his story has been told in several movies, including a 1979 made-for-TV film directed by John Carpenter. It's simply called Elvis. It featured Pat Hingle as Colonel Tom Parker, and as Elvis, an actor who once released an album on Capitol Records, Kurt Russell. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Faxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. <laughs>